episode 203 of the Witty and Gritty podcast. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. And we're going to read, pray, talk, tell through the book of Philippians. Yes. It's the last it's week the last of one. Philippians. It was so sad. good. Yeah. Oh, we didn't say your homework. Your homework last week was read chapter four. So also this week it's read chapter four again. You know what? I feel <laughs> like they are pros and they know. But happy surprise if you did your homework last week you have no homework this week congratulations that is such a teacher thing like if you finish (laughs) your work in class you don't have homework tonight but it's also a really good chapter so reading it twice won't hurt yeah i mean (laughs) go read the whole book again that'd be good because won't won't take you too long it's three pages the whole book is three pages yes yeah you can do this so today we're talking about we didn't want to end philippians and not say the go-to classic because Sometimes it does get taken out of context, or it only gets read halfway through. Mm-hmm. So we just want to clear the wa- clear the air, yeah. Make sure we're all on the same page. Provide some context, but you know, we also recognize that some of our listeners might be new to the faith, yep, or new to reading scripture. And I also love when I flip through my Bible and I read a scripture, and I'm like, I found it. I know that one. I've heard people say this, and here is the page it's have- on. Yes, so everybody gets their moment. So yes, it is Philippians 4.13. Farron, why don't you read it in the ESV? It says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. NLT says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So the him in ESV will be Jesus Christ. And he's the one who's going to give us strength. I keep seeing this theme over Paul's letters about that inner strength that is being given to us through Jesus God Holy Spirit. Which is cool, because it's just further affirming that, yes, this is a thing. You do have it, so let's use it. It's kind of like when you need something, or you see someone that has something, and you're like, that's cool, I bet she got it from Amazon. Or, (laughs) that's cool, I bet I can find it on Amazon. Yeah, Guys, the Holy Spirit is your Amazon (laughs) of all the things you need. You don't even have to wait two days. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you hate when it it says, yeah, it says next day delivery, but then it's like the next, next Uh, day, first Mm. world What time did you order? Early. (laughs) Early. Sometimes it even says it's coming later that night. And let me tell you, it does not. (laughs) We won't talk about how sometimes I forget to actually check out. Yeah. That's a different problem. (laughs) The crucial step. (laughs) The one that mattered. All right, but you know what does matter, Brooke? Philippians 4.13. Context. Oh, that's true. So tell us a little bit more about what's happening with Paul, the Philippians. What's all going on? Yes, I like that this is this section is titled God's Provision. Look at that. So up a little higher in verse 11, Paul says, I have learned in whatever situation he finds himself in, he is going to be content. And he says that he's learned the secret of facing hunger and having plenty, having abundance and finding himself in need. And that answer is in verse 13, where he says he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. So in context, it makes you see that this do all things is finding contentment no matter his circumstances. So again, this internal mindset, regardless of the situation you find yourself in. Mm -hmm. Man, and it's He talks about big hitters like hunger. I know I don't feel... When I'm hungry, content would not be the adjective (laughs) I describe myself. What word would you use, Brooke? Angry. With an H. Hangry. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not good. Even a lot of times, a slight discomfort 
and suddenly we're no longer content or happy or can't find the joy. Paul does a really good job of, I feel like he's just so even keeled sometimes, just I'm super peaceful, guys. I'm hanging out in jail. Maybe I'll die. Maybe I won't. I'm really hungry. I got a thorn in my side. I don't know. And here he is, content and preaching it from a, from a jail cell to all of the people in Philippi. You can do it. It's just what you're tapping into that's going to help you to be able to do it. Yeah, not by your strength, but nope. the strength of God. I think, too, like entrepreneurs, right? Maybe they have no business, mm-hmm. and so they're discontent. And then their business takes off, and they are overwhelmed with the workload, and so they are also not, not content. content. <laughs> and so it's feast or famine, right? Like we would love for life to just be one flat line, but there's going to be ups and downs all around. Not how a broken world works. It's going to be a little crazy from time to time. A lot of times people also stop in that first part of the verse. I can do all things, or I can do anything. Which leads to the I can be anything and do anything I want to do mentality, which is not accurate because we're forgetting the whole thing, which is through Christ who strengthens me, who gives me strength. So if it is a Christ-centered desire and a calling, absolutely, it's going to happen. He's going to give you the strength to be able to do the thing, whether that's a simple task, a challenging task, growth, whatever it is. It's not I can be anything I want to be mentality. Yeah, and our pastor, David Griffin, he's known for telling his kids, you can't be anything, but you can be anything God wants you to be. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty powerful. We had him on episode 25 in our grit mini-series, How to Be Spiritually Gritty. Maybe we need to bring them back for a second round. We'll see. Let us know what you think. (laughs) (laughs) So again, reading for context, reading the whole thing, knowing that Paul is writing this from a jail cell, Choosing contentment no matter what. And it's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need God to help us. And it's another way of saying what he's said in both Ephesians and Philippians. That you can press on. You can strive forward. You can focus on what's good. And that's not easy. But the strength you need is found in Christ. Not of your own doing. So we got to tap into that. Fully relying on that. There have been days... Oh, this goes right into pray. There have been days in the newborn phase of life where I say, God, please just give me the energy to stay awake while I feed this kid. Something. Help me stay awake on my drive to work after being up all night with the kids. There are going to be phases in life that you're still, yes, you're content, happy, healthy baby. Yes, but wow, I'm really tired and I need some supernatural energy because I'm not going to be able to drive safely at this point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And pray is how you access that strength. So, uh, again, I would just use situations as the trigger. So, if you are like, I can't do this, that's your sign to stop and pray. Mm-hmm. Stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> yes. Stop praying, praise. What? And prostrate. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days we're going to slip up. We're just straight up saying. Hopefully we're not like at a speaking engagement and you you, you say prostate. <laughs> I think I need to write myself some cards. Uh, and when I get to the word, just, just hold it up. I'll just like leave a, a blank. I can't say this word, so I'm just going to hold it up. Yeah, with a picture <laughs> in case they read it wrong. Oh, it probably I love looks it. Oh, like. Lord. We don't need a picture. 
God, give me strength to do the rest of this episode. <laughs> oh. Okay, so about prayer, right? Sometimes it's like, well, what do you pray for? Or what do you say that can like inhibit our prayer life? Mm-hmm. And so thinking about this idea of contentment, as you're wrestling with God through a situation that you're wanting to achieve and you just don't have the strength, I want you to ask or talk to God about your level of contentment in the situation. Yeah. Because that being, finding content might be at the root cause, which is interesting coming off of last week's episode when we talked about pressing on. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you guys from my experience right now, trying to get my Move Mountains literacy off the ground, um, I want it to take off overnight. <laughs> But I'm pressed. It's not. And that's fine. That's where the contentment part comes on. But content doesn't mean stopping or right. stalling. You press on. You keep working. But it's finding contentment in the process. Yes. It's the climb. Dang. Two episodes in, in a this, row. <laughs> I also want to point out that the two verses you're saying are the inverse. Philippians 3.14, Philippians 4.13. So if you need to memorize those or know where to pull those from, just know I can press on because God's going to give me the strength. Mm. Boom. And I can find contentment in the process. Yes, you can. in the process. That takes work. And it's not going to come naturally at first either. So sometimes you're going to need your crew to be around you and be your cheerleader. You want to sing that song? Because we did beforehand. (laughs) I do think I found myself a cheerleader. There you go. She is always right there when I need her. (laughs) (laughs) She walks like a model. Yeah. You do, Farron. America's Next Top Model. Meh. Fact. So. Advanced in rounds. Super hot. Amazing. You want to find someone that can be your hype man, talk you up, be your cheerleader. (laughs) I think, too, something that we can say to ourselves and others is reminding each other what trials we've overcome in the past too. yes that power of reflection and sometimes you even forget things that you've overcome so you need that crew to be like hey no remember Farron can do hard things you've done this 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 Mm -hmm. and you're worried about this we can do it yeah it's really a way to speak life into somebody um when my oldest has another test day coming up something that I tell her is I know you're going to be okay. And she kind of looks at me like, and I say, because you've gotten through them before. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be fun or, you know, exciting or easy, but I know that you're going to get through it because you've gotten through it before. Yeah. And that reassurance on the other end, and I'm going to be here yep. and I'm going to be here and I'm going to get your back. Just even having that, obviously we've talked about, I love you and God loves you. And as long as God loves you, you're good. God's going to get your back no matter what. But as Christians walking out our faith, we can say that to our kids too. God's got your back. I've got your back. And I'm going to be here for you. And I'm going to love you no matter what. You're more than a test. Mm-hmm. I love all that, Farron. And well even maybe speaking into people's preparation too. Yeah. So. What yeah. do you mean? This is not my example. Just want to clarify. Man, is it mine? And I won't even say it's from our CG. But I think there's a lot of people that struggle with this. Let's say you're going into a family situation that you probably know is already going to be uncomfortable because upon reflection, you know that maybe there's that person that says stuff that gets under your skin or super confrontational or what have you, okay? Again, I think every family has situations like that. Maybe not your immediate family, but extended family gatherings. 
I mean, people around the holidays sometimes don't even want to go back to be with family. So, very generally speaking, but also thinking everybody has experienced this at some point. Hopefully, you've taken some time to realize in the not heat of the moment or arguments or disagreements with family, you've addressed and aired the laundry. But you know that something else will probably start up at this next family gathering. But preparation could say, okay, I know that they're probably going to try to... Uh, press my buttons. I know that this person has a habit of saying rude things. So let me think of a way to respond that is accountable, but also loving Mm -hmm. as a Christian. What would be a good response to let them know and set a boundary and communicate that hurt and address it there. So we're not like sick about it the next week. So preparation. So as somebody is going into a tough situation and maybe they haven't prepared, but they can find strength through preparation and praying about the situation before it comes. Yeah, and we've learned from our Galatians and Ephesians miniseries that God will help make you bold in a godly way and equip you in a godly way so that you can have those hard conversations. They need to happen. You need to have healthy boundaries, so that means setting boundaries mean conversations, Mm -hmm. which can be uncomfortable, but that's why... Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yeah, and I think even with kids, they have people at school. You know, bullies is a term that is, they are real things and real people. But even just like sometimes you go through a season with a friend in middle school that you're fighting or whatever. But helping them have the strength to face their friend and mend relationships Mm -hmm. or face a tough person. I'm not saying beat them up. But just how can you find the strength to go into that situation? Maybe it's a work environment. There have been toxic work environments that you have to show up to day after day after day. It's hard to be content in those situations. So one, you know you've done it a lot in the past, but maybe that's not encouraging to have to do it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So what are we doing preparation-wise as we know what we're about to face? Yeah, and you can go back a a verse. (laughs) Pray about it. Have peace that surpasses all understanding. Set your mind on the things that we're supposed to be thinking about. These all tie in together, which is the cool thing about this letter in Philippians. I love it. Baron, you also, the way you phrased something earlier when we were in the talk portion made me think of how we can approach it with the talk and tell. And it's coming alongside the person as a team. So if, if it's your spouse, your friend, whoever in your home group, your kid, come alongside them and use we language. We are here to support you. I will be here with you. Just that togetherness that unity we talked a lot about unity in the ephesians miniseries Mm -hmm. so that unity together as believers will go a long way because even if it's awful and it's terrible and you're having a hard time finding contentment you have your team to fall back on who's going to pick you back up Mm -hmm. all right tell shall we tell let's tell it all right something that came to mind when it comes to tell is really emphasizing with our kids and the people that we leave and the people that we lead (laughs) is that it's through Christ. And as a recovering, still working on it, people pleaser, I think sometimes I look for strength, recognition, acceptance, praise from other people. Mm -hmm. But really, it's got to come from God. Yeah. And so maybe we're looking for strength in the wrong places. That's really good. Yeah. So, so how do we have that mindset shift? Conversations. I mean, that can't be oversaid enough. But guys, 
the reason we have this tell portion is you need to have conversations with people. And uh, there's this research out with how oral language is affected by COVID, and they don't measure how many words are said. When scientists are measuring the effects, what they do is they measure uh, turn talks, talk turns, I think talk. Turn and talk? Just conversation. So, like, Mm -hmm. I get a turn, you get a turn. Oh, yeah, yeah. I get a turn, you get a turn. Dialogue. So, when my youngest is talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking, but there's no give and take, well, my oral language wouldn't be developing there. And hers isn't developing as much. If I gave her effective questions or elaborated on what she was saying, I could increase her oral language. Yeah. Not to mention you can teach EQ there, too. Yeah, but vice versa. If I just talk a lot at my kid, their oral language isn't developing if they don't get a chance to talk. So I think, first of all, the reason we have this tell piece is you got to have conversations with your kids. If you give them the time of day, they will talk. Mm -hmm. Now, if they're 13 and 14, chip away. That, but I would also wonder, what's the history of conversations? How did we get here? Is it possible... That they tried to initiate in past years and life mm. phases, and it wasn't received, so they stopped. Now, I'm not saying that's absolutely what it is, but food for thought. Man, we were doing the Isaiah study last fall, and Melissa Spolstra talked about how she led some youth, and she had small group youth girls, and one of the girls said something to Melissa. It was a confession, something big, and she said, have you told your parents? And it was an immediate no. They don't listen and then she went around the circle. Does anyone tell their parents this kind of stuff? No, no, never. I would never do that. And she was like, holy moly. Mm-hmm. We've got to, what are we going to, once we're there, let's say we're there. We can't go back in time. We can't repeat conversations that we should have had five years ago. So what do we do now if we're in it? And Or maybe just the kid has shut down and we're chipping away. We're trying to show love. I mean, in Jesus' name, I can do everything, right? So if my... I am called to have a steward, relate, steward my child in a way that represents God well. And then I know he's going to pave the way. So I just need to press on and keep having those conversations. Do you have other advice you would give or specific conversations? I mean, I try to come up with some conversation starters. And yes. they're usually the same boring ones. That's fine. But... Uh, like saying, how was school? Mm-hmm. Ask about a specific class and then try to change the class up every day. Yeah. <laughs> and then usually it'll spark another conversation. Um, when they tell you something, ask a follow-up question specifically to something they said. Uh, and then they usually tend to, once you do this enough, you're going to cultivate it and grow it to where it's not, doesn't feel as forced and it's more rhythmic and just a habit. You've Life has created a habit maybe of you guys not talking. You can create a habit of communicating yes. about everything. I love how you said ask them a question that had to do with what they just said. Mm-hmm. Instead of running through, okay, I've got these 10 questions I've memorized that I'm going to ask my kid after school on the way home. It's, okay, no, she mentioned art. So, okay, well, what did you do in art today? Who'd you get to sit by? It doesn't have to be a high-stakes question. It can be something low stakes that will eventually lead to more opening up. And what it does is it tells them you're listening. Yep. If you ask a question about what they just said, they know that you're listening and it also conveys interest, whether you're interested or not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and even if they don't consciously recognize that, their subconscious definitely will because then that 
talk turn dialogue will start happening more and you're modeling how to do that so then their subconscious will be trained oh now let me ask about yours like hey how are you i'm good how are you that is typically the next question so they're learning how to have that back and forth and even when people say i'm good how about oh really what's something good that happened today yep i mean i'm fine just fine you know yeah there's there's ways to even follow up on the Typical one-word answers. But you you asked how we would have these conversations with our kids, and maybe this should have been mentioned sooner, but here we are. Guys, first got to have meaningful conversations for them to share things that Meaningful are, things. Yeah, they're, that they're worried about or anxious about, like last week's, or areas that they feel like they're struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, again, kind of at the beginning of Philippians, you got to know when they want you to help them solve their problems mm-hmm. and when they just want you to listen. Uh, but yeah, just having conversations and building them up when they start tearing themselves down. Mm-hmm. I think that's when I've had the best opportunity to speak strength, but then also telling them where to find that strength. And if you can't, if you're still prying things out of them, Maybe you go first. Maybe you start mm-hmm. with something that you have struggled with. Oh, you're, if they ask how your day was, oh, it was great, man, but let me tell you this story. And here's, you can even prompt them. What would you, what would you have done in that situation? Yeah. Or how do you think that might have made me feel? Or, and then you can dialogue about that. But then that might give them, okay, we're being vulnerable here. Again, their subconscious is going to pick up on stuff. And specifically to how you can tell your kids to seek Christ instead of others or yes. people pleasing. Like I love that idea of modeling, but when my kids ask me if I'm worried about something or, you know, how did your presentation go or are you nervous to travel for this? I say, yeah, but I've been praying about it. Very good. Yeah. But, uh, I remember the scripture that says this. Yeah. Yeah. But cause I think you're going to have, I tell my kids, you can feel two mm-hmm. feelings at the same time. Um, so Anywho. Well, and you're modeling that sometimes you have to consistently pray about a thing. Mm-hmm. If you're, if tests are really getting Tori just kind of nervous and their tests are frequent and I know one's coming seven days from now. So maybe every day I need to sit there and pray about it. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to be a one and done. Yep. So I like that you're modeling that. Oh yeah, but I'm doing this. And it's neat if you're having this conversation at dinner and then you pray before bed and you slip that in there. It just yeah. reiterates that you that they were seen and heard today and that what breaks their heart breaks yours, you know? Like mm-hmm. what you what they care about and upsets them it means something to you too. So if you've read chapter four already, then your homework is let's go have a conversation. Go have a meaningful conversation with someone that you're in charge of in some sort of way. I also have bonus. Ooh, if bonus you want points. Extra credit. Yes. <laughs> I noticed different times in Philippians the mentions of the fruits of the spirit. Yeah. So do a little word search. Go back into Philippians. And maybe highlight or underline the fruits of the Spirit. Like righteousness comes up. Faithfulness comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabby, my youngest, they had learned the fruits of the Spirit at church. And so she was doing like the hand motions and mm-hmm. singing the song. She's going to be like Brooke when yes. she grows up. Come on, girl. And I don't have them completely memorized or the song yet. I should. But all of a sudden I heard her say, hatefulness. Oh, no. <laughs> 
and I was like, did you say hatefulness? And she was like, yeah, it's the fruit of the spirit. And I said, I don't think it is. And she's like showing me the song in the hand motion. And she goes, hatefulness, like yells that part to see that she is saying it right. So faithfulness. I had a sister and she had this coloring sheet and I was like, oh, you mean faithfulness. And she was about to argue with me. And then you saw on her face, like, yeah, that well, makes maybe a lot it more is. sense than hateful. But at, in the classroom, <laughs> if somebody's being mean, the teachers told her to tell them to stop being so hateful. Mm-hmm. So, to which she has proudly sure. gone and told many people to quit, quit being so hateful. Okay, all right. So that's where hatefulness came from. So close. Anyways, <laughs> yes, we had a whole discussion on what that really means. between prostrate <laughs> and <laughs> prostate. Uh, and reticular and okay we're not that's it rectangle thank you all right we're getting out of here before Tune someone in. says something inappropriate yes accident or intentional farron intentional <laughs> tune in next week we're gonna have a new book and a new mini series i'm ready for it boom bye